it organically, really like spontaneously. It's not just going in there and making a noise, folks. <laughs> the Classic Rock Files with Kelly Parker and Mike Young. Hi, Mike. Oh, hi, Kelly. Okay, so we've been on this run, the golden age of rock documentaries, I've been calling it, and we've got another one to look forward to. And I don't know if Cream Magazine is even still published. No, no, it is not. How about not. Circus Magazine? That's possible. Is it? Cream yeah, stopped know. publication in 1989. Which was long after I was normally buying it. That's where you used to get all... When I was a Kiss fanatic back in the late 70s, uh, when I was still in high school, you'd stop by uh, Mr. Biglow's uh, pharmacy in Westwood, and uh, he had a good magazine set up, and you'd look immediately for the Cream magazine and the Circus magazine. That was, except for the Midnight Special, the only time you were ever going to see Kiss. That's where I used to get my comic books. Bigelow Pharmacy in Westwood. I forgot you're a Westwood guy. Absolutely, yeah. He just passed away, by the way, a few months ago. Rest in peace, Ray Bigelow. So there's a new documentary coming out called Cream, America's only rock and roll magazine. It says here it opens in theaters in August. It'll either be that or streaming, but we can look forward to it. Yeah, well, the theater industry seems to come and go with Christopher Nolan's Tenet. So whenever Tenet opens... All the other movies will be right behind it. For at least a while. So this publication launched in Detroit, 1969, by Barry Kramer and Tony Ray, became a leader in music journalism during the 70s, and one of its most famous staff members uh, was Lester Bangs. They coined the phrase punk rock and exposed punk rock, new wave, heavy metal to the public long before mainstream media followed. It lasted, like I said, until 1989. So a nice 20-year run there, and the names that they've got to be a part of this thing are who's who. Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Kirk Hammett, Alice Cooper, Joan Jett, and all the way up to more, I won't say newer, but certainly acts that came along in the 80s and the 90s, uh, Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth, Michael Stipe of R.E.M. So it's not just artists from the 70s, but artists who pushed into the later years of the magazine as well. I found this interesting as well. It's produced by J.J. Kramer, who was the son of Cream co-founder and publisher Barry Kramer, but the movie is scored by Wayne Kramer of the MC5, one of the most seminal punk bands in all of rock history, and I'm going to presume that he is the brother of Barry Kramer of Cream Magazine. Did not know that. I didn't know that either, but now that I do, I'm excited to learn more. Well, it seems that we will with this new documentary, Cream, America's only rock and roll magazine, possibly in theaters in August, but certainly if not, then streaming, or push back a year like everything else. And you can check out the trailer. I've posted it over at 943thedrive.ca. So Dennis DeYoung won't go away. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> he's, he's got this new album out, 26 East, which was his address when he formed um, Sticks. Sorry, Kelly, it's 26 East, Volume 1. Because we can expect more, apparently. It was released last month, and uh, he's released a new music video for the song. He talks about the song. He says, in 1979, I wrote the following lyric in a stick song called Borrowed Time. I'm so confused by the things I read. I need the truth, but the truth is I don't know who to believe. Left says yes, right says no. I'm in between, and the more I learn, the less I know. Now, those were true in 1979. He says more so today, and that is what leads to this song, With All Due Respect, from 26 East, Volume 1. This is what it sounds like. On the TV talk shows, on the radio, the talking heads put on their show.
I can't do any more. I'm surprised you lasted that long. That is a god-awful piece of music. Is it just me or is that not good music? I think it has the ability to be good music, but I think Dennis DeYoung had his hands in the production of his own vocals. And while I appreciate, I'm, I'm being, I'm really taking the high road on this one because I'm going to take the you low are. road at the end of this sentence, okay. but I'm building up on the high road first. I see. Um, it's like a coaching sandwich, positive, that's, negative, that's right. and then nothing after that. That's right. So Dennis DeYoung still has a, he believes he still has a great voice, whereas someone else in his shoes might add some production flourishes to his voice to protect it a little bit. And you see, you hear it in the chorus there. As we got to the chorus, his voice sounded better because there was more production, backing vocals, et cetera, around it. In the verses, you heard the weakness in his voice. Mm -hmm. So he still believes that it's there. His producer, obviously, not going to object. But I think he had some say in the production of his own voice, and therefore that's what we ended up getting. Now, as I dip down into the low road, you mentioned that he said that he wrote the following lyrics in a stick song called Borrowed Time in 1979. Mm. Now it seems that Dennis DeYoung on, on Borrowed Time. Ah, <laughs> you see what I did there? I do see what you did there. <laughs> that was quite I mean, the I've way. No, I'm not happy with that lower. payoff, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I've, I've been known to go lower. Yeah. I mean, show me a Vince Neil story and we'll talk. I, but I understand. I, do, I, only, I work with what I have. Yeah. You know what? And I'm a sticks guy. I do like sticks. And I like Dennis DeYoung sticks up until the Mr. Roboto stuff. But uh... one thing sticks always had was amazing production. Yeah. in their music. They were known for just top-tier production. The songs sounded great. They had that shine on them. This doesn't have that. Yeah. Production counts for so much of what you do unless the person is able to go in and 100% it, which these guys in their 60s, 70s, and 80s just cannot do anymore. I understand what you're saying. For me, it's all about the lyric. The lyric, is for me, is just not good. Really, really clunky. In any case, you know what? Here's what I'm going to say. Here's my positive ending. I look forward to the next single that he releases with optimism. I appreciate Actually, that. And optimism I is a you. strong word. <laughs> Actually, but... Hey, Funk Turkey is back. Who the heck is Funk Turkey? You remember Funk Turkey. Funk Turkey is the YouTuber who has been creating uh, AI versions of uh, songs by famous bands. He did uh, Metallica, uh, Deliverance Rides, and we featured on this very program the ACDC-inspired Great Balls. That was a good song. I didn't, I didn't mind it. If ACDC it. wanted to record that for their upcoming album, I would accept it in my heart. Yeah, absolutely. So what this guy does, Funk Turkey, real name, Kurt Connor, he's got a bot, and what happens is he lets the bot loose. Is that what you do? The bot has given access to a band's full catalog of words, and it identifies the leading themes. Again, as with ACDC, there is lots of balls in those lyrics. I've heard ACDC songs before. Then he adds, does Kurt, the music and vocals in his kitchen which he says is the toughest part. No kidding, because they sound fantastic. First of all, in the ACDC tune, he had to uh, do Brian Johnson, and in the Metallica track, he has to try to be like Papa Het. I love a good James Hetfield singing impression, but I can't do it yet. i got to work on that. That's something, I mean, you should have been doing this during the quarantine period. Well, that should so, have been your project. The song was called Deliverance Rides, so it would be Deliverance Rides! <laughs> So you just got to get that voice a little bit lower yeah, little and more bit. gravelly and you're there. I know, yeah. So this tune is actually Nirvana. It's AI Nirvana. It's called Smother. Features lyrics written by this bot. Okay, so ch check this out. And again, I like it.
Okay, so now uh, Kurt Cobain, famous for his uh, socially conscious lyrics, uh, pain, angst in there. I don't know how he would feel about a bot being able to create something that sounds so much like a good Nirvana tune. I equate the term bot for myself. I mean, you always appreciate when I do this, but back to Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when Kramer... Ghostbusters didn't want any of this? Remember when Kramer is trying to lure Jerry into sending his stereo in for repair, but breaking it first and then saying it got broken in the mail? Yeah. So Kramer says it's a write-off for them. Jerry says, how is it a write-off? And Kramer says, they just write it off. Jerry says, write it off of what? And Kramer says, they just write it off. Jerry, you don't even know what a write-off is, do you? That's the same way I feel when people are talking about bots. They say bots are to blame for this, bots created that. You don't even know what a bot is, do you? No, but it doesn't sound good. (laughs) There's something scary about it, and I know bots have caused a lot of problems. Yet in this case, I believe a bot has been used for the force of good. Good, not evil. Not evil. I like that. I like what you've showed me today. I like this uh, Young Turk or whatever his name is. Funk Turkey. Oh, close. I was very close. That is the classic Rock Files. 94.3 The Drive Music Director, Mike Young. Thank you. Thank you.